Welcome to Podcast 83, a regular look at the news, stories, and trends related to Michigan's 83 counties from the Michigan Association of Counties. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Podcast 83, the podcast put on by the Michigan Association of Counties. Today, we have Dina Bosworth, Director of Government Affairs for MAC with us. As we do time to time, when uh, things get a little slower here in Lansing with the legislature, we'll we'll do uh, topics that are issue specific and something that uh, obviously a lot of our members know about is county revenue sharing and something uh, we've talked about a lot. We work on every budget year because we are subject to the to statutory revenue sharing, which means those dollars are appropriated each and every spring. Uh, they can be increased, they can be decreased. We just never know, but obviously it's our job to make sure that they're at least at a consistent level. Uh, we've been very fortunate over the past six, seven years to get increases, um, varying increases over the past few years, uh, increases on top of increases, things like that. Uh, recently, we've come up with an idea uh, in co- collaboration with the, the Michigan uh, Municipal League, Michigan Township, Michigan Townships Association, uh, that would set up a, a revenue sharing trust fund, uh, essentially making it more difficult, not impossible, but much more difficult for the legislature to appropriate those statutory revenue sharing dollars away each year. Uh, So today, Dina is going to talk specifically about the fund, how the fund is going to be funded, uh, you know, what sort of obstacles we may see, uh, supporters out there, all sorts of things uh, that have to do with the revenue sharing trust fund. So Dina, why don't you start off? I gave a you know, 50,000 foot view of it. Why don't you get us into the specifics a little bit? Okay, great. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, this is a topic I've been working on since day one here at MAC. And I remember when I first started at the counties, we were in um, a period of time where counties, not all counties were receiving statutory revenue sharing. Do you remember that? So, you know, state budget took a downturn. Um you know, every bit of statutory revenue sharing was getting cut. And so prior to my getting here, there was a deal made with the state that counties would go off of statutory revenue sharing, pay themselves out of a surplus created from a property tax shift. And then once that was exhausted, they would come back onto state revenue sharing and actually get state dollars appropriated out to them for their revenue sharing. Well, I can say that finally, uh, in fiscal year 2023, the last county came back on to statutory revenue sharing. But we did a great job of saving the state a ton of money. Now it's time for the state to um, bring us back to where that we were supposed to be. And it's now time for them to create some stability in this system. So um, what we've done is came up with, like Steve said, the Revenue Sharing Trust Fund. And this is a couple of bills. Now we have different versions introduced in the House and the Senate, but really what it boils down to and what we've agreed to with the other local unit um, associations is that these bills would carve out 8% of the first four percentage points of the state sales tax. So Michigan has a 6% sales tax, but 2% of that is restricted for, you know, education primarily and some road money. So the other 4% um, usually goes to the state's general fund. And instead of having it go that 8% of the first 4% go to the general fund and then have the legislature kind of give us whatever they feel like giving us that year, we want it to be a percentage of that. So that 8% will go over into a revenue sharing trust fund account. 
and it would sit there and accumulate money until the legislature appropriated it out every year. So what that means is, is that if um, it's based on a percentage of the sales tax, if the sales tax revenue increases, then the revenue sharing dollar amounts would also increase. So it's based on assuming growth factor in the state sales tax. Now I can tell you that year after year, the legislature is not keeping up with the growth of the state budget or the growth of the state sales tax and appropriating that out to us. We don't have growth built in. It's just based on whatever random percentage recommendation they want to give us. Yeah, which, you know, you talk to legislators now, especially uh, in the age of term limits about that revenue sharing dollar amount, and no one knows where it came from, right? It's like this number that kind of is a calculation out there and they, there's no calculations just like, what was it last year? Okay, we're going to do this or this to it, increase it or decrease it or, or do the same. Yeah. Uh, so you know, not, not based on, on inflation rates, not based on the growth in state revenue. It's just a random percentage that they put out there. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, we've been, we were fairly fortunate this year with a, a higher increase than we've gotten in the past. It wasn't where it needed to be. If you look at that growth in the state sales tax over the past 10 or so years that we've done our analysis from, or from even if you look at where the budget recommendations were originally from each of the, you know, from the House, Senate and governor, um, you know, we didn't get to that level where we thought it should have been. So this is a great reason to try to start work or not start working on this, but really start pushing this hard now. And I think we have uh, a very strong group of former county commissioners in the legislature that can help us get this done. Um, you know, uh, you want to talk about where, where they are, where, where committees are in and everything like that, Tina? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we had two different versions introduced um, and Senator Kleinfeld introduced the versions, uh, um, MAG versions in the Senate. Um, we also had Senator Jeremy Moss introduce bills over there. Um, in the Senate, we have uh, Representative Tisdale, who is a huge proponent, and Representative O'Neill, who's a huge proponent of establishing the trust fund. Those are the uh, house bills, right? Yeah. Those are the house bills. Yep. Now, you know, we, they were different versions of it. Um, you know, the municipal league was pushing sort of one version. We were pushing another, um, sat down and really hammered out what our common ground was. And so now, um, it looks like, you know, the bills that have the most momentum are sitting in the House Local Government Committee. And they represent the agreement that we came to between us, the Municipal League, and the Townships Association. Now, there's a couple of things about those bills that I want to highlight. Number one, you know, the distribution um, doesn't change. So we'd still get the same percentage of the total pot the counties, counties would get um, as, you know, enacted in the budget. Okay, so we're not changing the distribution amount to counties individually or the county pot in a whole, but it's about beyond 46.4% of, of the total amount. Now, um, but the other thing I want to mention about those bills and, and how they're structured is that they're going to bring back every single one of the townships that were cut out of statutory revenue sharing. So they'd get an appropriation amount. Um, and out to them at like $2.65 per capita is really what it makes it out to be. But it brings those local units back in that were not in, um, that still haven't been in since they started cutting the budget. Um, so it's a win-win for, for all levels of local government if we can get it in. Mm -hmm. um, 
couple of weeks ago, we gave testimony to the House Local Government Committee, and I sat up there with representatives from MML and MTA, and we explained the history. We explained our struggles. We explained, you know, the need for that flexible uh, general fund revenue sharing dollars going into each of our local units and what we would use it for. And I got to tell you, Steve, the reception was overwhelming. There was so much support, verbal support from all of those committee members that it was, it was refreshing. I'll say that. So we've had one hearing um, and, you know, have talked to leadership in both the House and in the Senate who have indicated support for such a measure. Um, we just haven't had time to get the policy bills pushed through. So hopefully in the fall, we can, that'll be right at the top of the agenda to push them through. Yeah, especially when you start looking at the cadence of this session so far, obviously you had some significant policy that the the Democratic chamber wanted to get done that they focused on, you know, basically mm -hmm. until uh, April, May. Then they actually started focusing on the budget, May, June, budget's done, back in district for the next few months. And then when they come back in the fall, you know, this policy issue will hopefully be top on the list. I hope so. I hope so. Because like you said, we didn't get in the fiscal year 24 budget that the governor's you know poised to sign we didn't get the numbers that the governor had recommended we mm -hmm. didn't get the numbers that the house or the senate recommended um at the last minute they decided to divert those funds to other priorities now we still got a great increase and it's an ongoing on our base so it's not like the one-time funding that we've seen in the past um and so we don't want to look you know don't want to seem ungrateful but it really wasn't where they had all intended to be but those last minute budget negotiations, and they just took that money and diverted it to other areas of the budget um, and into other priorities. So um, we will say when we expressed our displeasure to those changing numbers at the end of the day, we were assured that that would have no effect on the viability of the revenue sharing trust fund package that we're pushing through um, and you know, had significant acknowledgement as to why this has to go. Um, the only stumbling block I see in getting it done is that we don't necessarily have sign off from the state budget office, uh, the governor's administration, the Department of Treasury, because what that really means is we're taking away some of their discretion. But, you know, I mean, we've said it over and over and over again, local units of government should not be taking the hit. They should be supporting us um, and bringing us back to really where we should be funded as far as percentage of the sales tax. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, if you kind of look at what happened this <clears throat> this budget season and the carving up that occurred, it's, for, it's, it's just more evidence that we do need something like this for consistency purposes at the local level, uh, you know, for budgetary consistency purposes. And it also gives us at least one significant funding source at the local level that is reflective of the economy. So if the economy is doing well, we are doing, we are sharing in that growth of the economy at the statewide level, whereas revenue sharing previous never really did that. It was, you know, like we talked about, kind of haphazard on how that money was appropriated. And then if you look at, you know, property taxes, the other significant funding source for counties, you know, were capped. You know, we, we can only grow so much at the local level. So your property taxes could have gone up 15%. It's not gonna. You're not gonna get that 15% due to proposal A and and uh, Headley and all that. So uh, this will give us at least one significant funding source at the local level that is reflective of the economy. It's in the name of the. You know what I mean? It's called revenue sharing for a reason. 
they are supposed to be sharing the state revenue. And it was established years ago because we gave up our own local taxing authority. So it's not just a handout. We made compromises years and years ago to give up our own taxing authority to share in the state revenue. Um, So we hope that we can get these bills done. They can honor that long-held promise and actually put some money and and support behind local governments. Well, and and the the good news is is that our members can help us out with this now with every, all the, the reps and senators back in their district to talk to them when they're at the parades and everything else that goes on during the next few months here. I know we've had some parades already, but I'm sure there's a lot of in-district events where our members can go you know, speak to their locally elected officials and speak to them about this issue. Um, you know, We kind of laid out the talking points on here. I think we've done some articles about it in our legislative update. Hopefully folks have seen that, but uh, that does help when our members are are echoing some of the things that we're saying here in Lansing. So hopefully folks are doing that back home as well. I hope so. And if anybody has any questions, just call me, send me an email. I'd be happy to go over the details, give you, you know, email you back the talking points, um, you know, direct you to our website where we have all of that information. So um, yeah, if they could go out and talk to their, their reps and senators and express the need for this and the, you know, their support for it, we'd be very grateful. Well, and while things may be slow legislatively here in Lansing, of course, we still have a lot of work to do. Our conference is coming up October 1st through 3rd in Kalamazoo, at the Radisson in Kalamazoo. Uh, you should see registration come out in the next, I would guess, three, four weeks on that. So hopefully folks will attend. We spent a, a lot of time recently uh, working on the agenda for that. And we think we got a really great conference lineup for, for folks. Uh, and of course, it's our 125th anniversary for our annual conference. So expect uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, a little pizzazz, a little bit different uh, lineup uh, at night, you know, for some entertainment, things like that for folks, because we really want to celebrate this 125th year. So with that, Dina, do you have anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I just can't wait to watch you dance at the conference, but that's just, you know. Yeah, he makes I'm, fun of my dancing, everyone. He's done it before on this podcast, so. You know, I'll bring it up again. Just go back to those Seinfeld episodes. <laughs> You know, was Eileen? Yeah, it was Eileen in the Seinfeld episodes. Okay, I'm done talking about this. We're done now. All right. Thanks, everyone. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Podcast 83.